Hello to everyone tuning in to the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Joining us today is a man who is not afraid to get his hands dirty, commit to what he loves most, and put in the work necessary to reach his goals. He is an Army veteran, where in the three years he was active, rose the ranks quickly to the rank of sergeant, the owner of Black Horse CrossFit, a graduate of Adrian College, where he studied philosophy, and last but definitely not least, a world-class coach and leader to his clients, who he helps guide to create the lives they desire most. Please help me in giving a very warm welcome to my man, Sean Lazio. What is up, Sean? That was beautiful, Ryan. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved, you know, and uh, it's just been so amazing and so exciting getting to interview um, all the pipe hitters, you know, because um, yeah. just you guys have so many amazing aspects to your lives and diving into your background uh, was a plethora of amazing things. <laughs> and, you know, getting, <laughs> you know, getting to know you these past few months has been so much fun. And I'm so grateful to have you and your wisdom in my life. You know, and I'd love to hear your whole backstory, as I feel many of the listeners would appreciate your journey and how you followed your heart to ultimately end up to where you are today. (laughs) Yeah, yes, uh, I would love to share my journey. Mm. Um, How far back do you want me to start? (laughs) Well, were you a cesarean birth? No, I'm just kidding. Not that far back, but (laughs) 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 as far back as I guess you could say... um, Whatever pivotal moment you remember, uh, where like your evolution at, into who you are now started. Let's go there. Gotcha. That's, that's a great starting point. Yeah. So, the first memory was after I signed up for the army. I was still in high school, and uh, we were having a going away party for me. So, I had friends over. Just graduated like a month prior, and I remember it was towards the end of the night. I was sitting on my, or my friend was sitting on my lap, and she expressed to me that she was legitimately concerned about me joining because she knew that I would end up deployed, which I knew as well. And without hesitation, I responded back with Nicole, don't worry. I know I'm going to be fine. I know I'm meant to do more with my life than to go over and die. Mm. And at the moment I had no idea what just happened and (laughs) it didn't even, didn't even strike me as odd. I just said it and went on with the conversation. So, I realized that years later, uh, when I began learning more about, you know, what it is, this gut feeling or intuition and recognizing that I was present with that pretty early on in my life. So that was definitely the beginning. And then, yeah, I joined the military. That was a life changing experience. Deployed to Afghanistan, uh, 2010, 2011, and I spent a year over there. And it really, it really shifted my perspective on life. And I actually came back bitter because as I would try to go back home and, and visit friends, uh, I just kept getting excuses for, you know, why people didn't want to hang out or they didn't have money. So I would offer to pay and they would still say no. And after experiencing what I did where, you know, for the entire year, your life is, is on the line. And uh, more often than not, you're getting shot at or blown up. And then coming back and wanting to share this new perspective and enroll other people in this possibility, just I had a complete wall. So that would, that would be the next point for me, uh, which led me into going to school, got out of the military, uh, went right to college 
And within a year, I quickly recognized that my hopes of being an engineer or uh, something in engineering, math and science, all the fun stuff, once I realized that that was no longer where my passion was, I got my world rocked by my first philosophy class. <laughs> and that led me down the road of, like, cool, I'm going to pursue pursue a major in, in philosophy. So uh, that really cracked me open as well. So I was still harboring some some emotional stuff, you know, leaving the military and the frustration. And then, you know, got into philosophy, which now I see as uh, was a means for me to divert the attention away from the feelings and the emotions. And that's okay. Because <laughs> um, it, it's come full circle. Uh, but yeah, then I ended up with my gym, uh, 2013. I had no business background, no coaching background. Three weeks after uh, the owner asked if I wanted to buy it, and we decided on yes. Within three weeks, I went and got my CrossFit Level 1 certification. And a month and a half after that, I owned the gym. And we changed from Lenaway CrossFit to Black Horse CrossFit. So I uh, got thrown into that pipe mix and really had to learn a lot because I ended up running the business by myself uh, with virtually no help uh, for basically the first five years. And that's what led me to, I would say, the biggest turning point for me, which was I got introduced to training camp uh, for the soul and got my world rocked in the best way possible. It's some amazing, amazing things that they're doing with that program. And so that cracked me open. Uh, within that that same year, I ended up uh, joining the Strong Coach. I was part of their beta group, and then um, got involved with all the enlisted stuff as well. So all the language and, and story work. And then 2019, I had a breakup that just took me to rock bottom, and uh, really showed me parts of myself that I didn't know existed. And uh, came out on on the other side of it. Very very grateful for the experience. And then just even as recently as a couple weeks ago, I've, I've had some massive breakthroughs uh, through some training camp for the soul stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a brief overview of, of how I got to where I'm at now. And I must say, as I, as I recall that, um, I, I find myself questioning like, man, how did I get here? <laughs> like, this is so crazy. So, yeah. and, it, and it's fun to think about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful journey you've gone on. And, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of having people like, you know, tell a little bit of backstory of their journey is I know in my case, like when I've hopped on podcasts and done interviews, a lot of times it's it's like a celebration of wins, you know, to throw out like an an lifted mm -hmm. thing. And mm -hmm. you really like can take a second to be like, wow, I did all that, you know, and <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny because one thing that was apparent to me not long after meeting you was your drive and your ability to push forward past resistance and potential fear to achieve your goals. And I'm curious, you know, mm -hmm. if that trait is something you've embodied your whole life or if you've taken it on over time. You know, you mentioned like the gym, like just taking that on. Like that's a huge I mean, I'm sure there was a huge amount of like like fear or pressure there, right? But you 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 stole oh, yeah. forward, right? <laughs> so I'm curious yeah. when that became a trait that you embodied. Yeah, it's funny you asked that because just the other day, I, I recalled a memory from when I was younger. I've been playing baseball my whole life. And so I started at like the age of uh, four and a half or four. And one thing I remember uh, my dad and ironically my grandpa who would coach me is that they 
they would always say at the end of the year, like, you know, Sean wasn't the most talented kid on the field, <laughs> but God damn it, did he have fucking heart. <laughs> so uh, I imagine it started pretty early that, you know, I, I wasn't blessed with any inherent skills that really got me ahead. And so if there was something that I wanted, like I had to put my head down and grind. And so, yeah, I definitely developed that at, at a very young age and, you know, really followed, followed suit with that, you know, getting to where I'm at now. And I will say that as, as much as it served me, it's, it's also has its downsides as well, which is great. Uh, and totally okay. And that was a hard thing for me to come to terms to where I, I really started to see that this, this, uh, sometimes this resiliency was actually working against me. Mm. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting in that too, is that many people would never be able to come to that conclusion because it would be too hard to look at. Uh, and that's yet again, one of the things I value about you and, and really all the guys we've been with is just everyone's so willing to look into the darkness, right? And look into the things that make them tick and evaluate whether or not those things are serving them or not serving them or serving them in some ways, but also hindering them in other ways. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the cool things that I just thought of when you mentioned that baseball, um, you know, memory was the idea of grit, Right. And, uh, you know what it, uh, now it's, it's shaping a picture for me because, you know, the kids that grow up, uh, being told they're very talented at things usually end up with some issues down the line, right? Uh, like if someone's always praising them, like you just have talent, you're talented, you know, then they undervalue what hard work is. Right. And what it sounds like from what you just told me is that you really understood like the value of hard work. Like, yeah, I might not be the most talented person, but I can outwork you and therefore end up performing better than you. Right. And yep. that is exactly the mindset that now makes complete, complete sense, you know, having met you. And, you know, it's funny, it reminds me of something that I try to embody every time I go into an endeavor that I might have already, already been doing or a new one, which is the, you know, embodying the identity of the learner, right? Because, mm. you know, and like that yep. one, that one is so cool because if you ident if you identify yourself as the learner, then anytime you get something wrong, it's like, oh, I'm the learner though. So I can go learn that and become better at it. And I think that's amazing, <laughs> yep. you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, something I have learned regarding all of my friends who have spent time in the military, like yourself, is how well they are able to lead, you know, and having spent time with you in 3D reality and seeing firsthand <laughs> just how seemingly effortless it is for you to lead. I'm curious to hear if you gravitated towards being a leader even before the military, before your military experience, or if the military was the time in which you picked up the archetype of the leader. Ironically enough, I really didn't embody the archetype until recently. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I love diving into all the different types of readings there can be and the different personality tests and like the Enneagram, Wealth Dynamics, Gene Keys, all these, all these fun things just to, you know, learn a little bit more about myself and how I might operate or to maybe put some context to experiences of mine that I really couldn't put words to. And I always saw that, you know, being in Aries and, you know, my life path number even, it's like, you know, you're born leader, this is where you thrive. And like, having always seen that, and then, you know, honestly, like getting real, like, I really didn't embody it until 
the last few years, even when I was in the military, like I did rank up fairly quick. And by the time, by the time I actually made, like got the rank itself, because it's, it's based off of a point system. Hmm. So sometimes the points go down depending on their need to fill, fill slots and they can also raise. So I waited, it was about four months before I actually got pinned my, my sergeant. Hmm. And at that point I'd already made the decision that I was going to get out. Hmm. And so I was out processing, out processing the whole time. I was out doing paperwork and turning in equipment and you know, it's a very lengthy process. So I didn't have to really do any leadership stuff. Hmm. And then it wasn't until I got my CrossFit gym. That's, that was the first time I did any sort of leadership to be completely honest. You know, there's some, there were some moments when I was in the military where I definitely was able to take that on. Um, but I was usually the quiet leader. So I would just let someone do their thing. And then if shit hit the fan, I would step up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so CrossFit and coaching CrossFit classes was, was my first experience with that. And I really didn't embody it for the first few years. Um, and then one day it just hit me like, man, like, I'm, I'm good at this CrossFit coaching thing. Like I was, I was certain that I could go anywhere in the world that was doing a CrossFit class as long as they spoke English and I could deliver a world-class uh, class. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't care if there was a games athlete that was going to walk through the door. Like I have something that I can provide them that will be beneficial to them. Like I, I just, I knew it. And then, you know, did training camp in Seoul, strong coach. And I've been around both of those groups. And so that's been going on for a little over two years. And it wasn't until just recently that I really started to step up into more of a leadership position, even just for, you know, even if it was just to speak up about something that I'm experiencing within one of the programs, Mm. but also like I mentor for both programs. So that, that puts me a little bit of that leadership role and the way I, I now interact too, like I'm, I'm stepping into like, okay, I I am confident in myself and in my knowledge in these areas. So I, I will be of, of service and of help, you know, wherever I can with it. So yeah, it wasn't really, you know, seven years tops, but that would be the beginning. And then I would say the last two years is when it really started to, like, I really started to focus on like, okay, I am a leader and, you know, getting those legs uh, nice and established. That's awesome. You know, and it's funny, I, uh, we never had the conversation of what our sign was, but I'm an Aries too, man. That explains so much. Love <laughs> and, it. Love it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, um, I share that same, um, you know, process of really, you know, going through some things earlier in life. Like I, I used to running a business where I taught guitar lessons and such. So I led in that way, but I was always really nervous about it. And it's really been just mm-hmm. the last year of my life that I've stepped into the role as being more of a leader. And, um, and so, yeah, that was just a very interesting, uh, you know, correlation, uh, between the two of us that, uh, was funny, you know, and, and, you know, it, it really goes to show like, just how when you are able to listen to your heart and you're also able to get into the right programs too, right? Like the right crowds, the oh, right, you know, yeah. it makes all the difference, you know? And, and yeah. I'm so excited for training camp. I just signed up. I started the 29th and, um, but that's what yes. I'm lifted. you know? Yeah. I'm so excited, man. I hope I get to work with you during it. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And you know, that's what Unlifted has been for me, you know, and so I already know how powerful these programs are. And uh, Strong Coach is going to be very soon after training camp for me. So I'm, I'm really excited oh. to get those done, you know, and um, happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned uh, your gym and, you know, fitness and exercise. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, fitness and exercise is something that has truly done so much for me with regards to my development mm-hmm. as a human and my ability to be strong overall in my physical, mental, emotional, mm-hmm. and spiritual bodies. 
And, you know, knowing you share my love of fitness, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what fitness has done for your, for your life overall. You know, how has it allowed you to develop? How has it allowed you to uh, find yourself and discover who you are? Um, I'd love if you could riff on that for me. Yeah, fitness has indeed played a very big role in my life. And more strongly so uh, in recent years, I would say like since 2013, uh, it's when I started CrossFit. But even, you know, growing up, I remember early on, like fitness was a very, it was a motivating factor for me in the sense that I was, I was near the bottom of the totem pole when it came to physical ability, especially in sports. I remember a really funny story, like when I chose to play football my freshman year, getting ready that summer. I was like 87 pounds soaking wet going into my freshman year of high school. And like when I started talking to my brother who played football, he's a couple years older than me. Like he was talking about like, yeah, these are what practices are like. This is what our weightlifting is like. And then I found out that there was a test day for bench press and the lowest weight they put on the bar is 95 pounds. And uh, we had one of those old, really cheap, super rusted out weight sets. Um, that we probably picked up at a yard sale. We had it out back, and I remember my dad going out there to help. And I think at the time, the most I could do was like 55 pounds. Like, it was bad. <laughs> and so I was super nervous going into that experience, and I definitely got stronger. And I remember uh, test day, uh, the wide receivers coach who, who worked with me was, was behind some of the benches, and he's like, Wazio, what weight are you going to hit? I was like, oh, well, coach, I'm thinking about 95. He's like, bullshit, get over here to 115. I was like, ah. I can't do that. Like, I know I can't do that. <laughs> and so he still put me on there and the weight just crushed me. And he's like, what the fuck? Why I'm like, I told you I couldn't do 115. Like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> um, I knew this beforehand. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that even got compounded uh, going in, starting the beginning of the year. I was in the football weight or I was in the weightlifting class, like the intro level one for freshmen. And there was a few girls in there that I was friends with that were in the class with me. And at this point, like they were almost out benching me. So, <laughs> um, it started off very rough and, uh, it's also part of why, like, you know, I said, I grew up playing baseball. Like I really had to work hard because I was never the biggest or strongest kid. So I never threw the hardest, didn't run the fastest or anything else. Like I had to, like, I had to really bust my ass to, to make anything of it. So that was the early years. And then joined the military, got introduced essentially to CrossFit, um, but it wasn't as structured. Uh, we really didn't have barbells. It was usually just kettlebells, like chains, kegs. So a lot of the odd man or like the, yeah, odd, uh, odd object pickup, strongman stuff, but also, you know, doing rounds for time or AMRAPs, which is where the CrossFit part came in and, and always changing it up. So that was definitely a different experience. And, it re you know, being in the military required a very different level of, of being in shape. More so, like, can you carry uh, a lot of weight on your back for a long, long time? <laughs> like, that's basically, like, if you could do that, you're going to do pretty well physically. Yeah. Um, so, fast forward to 2013, and I just started CrossFit uh, after bashing on it, because I was like, if I do CrossFit, <laughs> I'm going to lose these gains. Um, and CrossFit really opened my eyes to what was possible with fitness, and it was actually the first time in my life where I got to a point, like it gave me the confidence to take my shirt off in front of people. Like I didn't even do that. Um, growing up, if we went to the beach, I would keep my shirt on. Like I was very self-conscious. And so like when I found CrossFit it was like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, this is tough and that's great. Um, I really loved the community aspect of it and how it brought people together. And then, um, 
very early on, I started noticing like, wow, I'm getting a lot stronger in areas and we're not even working on them that much. And then it was something that it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I suck right now, but I was able to put my head down and grind uh, to really get good and, and proficient at all the movements. And so as a whole, I mean, CrossFit really did change my life. And yeah, it, it was, it helped me tap into a level of confidence. Um, Cause I literally started just a few months before I bought the gym, you know, but that was the one thing is, is I would stick around uh, after classes and uh, I ended up teaching a lot of people, not, not by choice. Usually it was like, uh, I really don't know how to do that. Go ask Sean. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck dude? Like, like you're the coach. Why are you sending them to me? Um, so, I mean, people obviously saw me in a way that they, that they trusted what I had to say. Mm. So yeah, I mean, developed a, a new sense of confidence, uh, was starting to really accept my body. And once I started like getting to the point where I can move, move really good weight, especially for my size, like I just, it, I kept growing, um, through all that. And then, you know, I do believe that, that really, you know, fit, I guess you could say fitness in general is what got me to where I'm at now. Mm. Uh, because when I got, when I started CrossFit, how I found Mike Bledsoe and Barbell Shrugged, which has led me to the to what my fucking crazy awesome life is now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, fitness has definitely played a big role. That's awesome, you know. And one of the cool things there is like you were talking about when the coach would send people to you, and you're like, "What the hell, man!" Like, you know, what's cool about that mm -hmm. is like, you know, I'm sure you see it this way now too. Like, in your coach's eyes, you were showing up as a coach. You know, even before you were actually a yep. coach. And that's super cool, man. Like, you know, I've had moments like that, um, even as of late, um, where like people will hit me up like, hey, you're going to do this for this person. And I'm like, okay, like I'm super uncomfortable <laughs> doing that. But then like I think about it, and I'm like, wow, that person sees me able to do this. That's pretty cool. What does that mean? Yeah. For me? You know, <laughs> yep. and uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. And, you know, being a business owner, like we just talked about, especially in the fitness realm, um, comes with its own unique set of challenges. However, um, how each person ultimately deals with these challenges determines their perspective on the whole matter. Knowing, mm -hmm. knowing that we've spoken previously about your business, Black Horse CrossFit, um, I'd love if mm -hmm. you could share your journey in, you know, in some of the challenges you've gone through and how you went about solving them. Because as any business owner knows, uh, there are going to be challenges that are unseen um, until they're there. And so I'd love it if you mm -hmm. could go over that a little bit, because I'm sure for a lot of people listening who are debating opening their own business, you know, the challenge part of it scares them. So I'd love it if you could uh, bring us down that road. Yeah, so uh, I, I attribute me buying the gym to, you know, being the beginning of, of like the, the next chapter of my life. Um, and I say that as, I, as I'm closing that chapter, so it's really cool. Mm. You know, early on uh, where I failed and ultimately failed for quite a while in, in the regards that it caused me a lot more stress and troubles was it was hard for me to separate business Sean with friend Sean. So that was a, a lesson learned early on. Um, I had a couple mass exoduses. And what I mean by that is, you know, having somewhere from five to 10 people leave all at the same time because they're part of the same group. And that, you know, one came through just a lack of communication. And uh, apparently there was a deal that was cut to a group of individuals um, and we were looking to raise prices. And, you know, they came at me with like, well, this is what, you know, the guy before had with us. I was like, well, I hate to break it to you, but that was never mentioned in our discussions and I'm under no obligation to honor that. So, 
I know paying $25 a month for you is baller for a CrossFit gym, but we, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want us to be here, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So that led to a rift, um, which actually led, well, that turned into uh, me really getting present with the fact that I did not. And so this was, here's, here's a challenge. Uh, I did not really assess the business before I bought it. Mm. Um, I didn't have anybody come in and appraise the equipment. I didn't get a list. I didn't really do any of that. I was just shot a number that seemed reasonable. And after talking to my dad, he was like, yo, do that. You'd be stupid not to. I was just like, cool. So I signed the contract that he printed up, which, uh, my first day of coaching, he shows up at six o'clock in the morning in the middle of one of my classes as he's leaving Michigan. Be like, Oh, Hey, I need you to sign this. Oh, cool. What is this? Oh, it's just, uh, I need you to sign it for the bank. So that way, you know, everything will work through. I'm like, okay, cool. Bam. Here you go. Um, I'm going to go coach my class now. And then realizing like, Oh shit, that was the contract. So I just, you know, it, it, when I started to look at it, I was like, something's not right. So I actually went and looked through all the equipment with what he left behind. I was like, brand new. You're nowhere even near this number. I was like, yeah, I have like a book of records or a book of business that you could say, you know, is worth something, but like, this is way off. Mm. And so, uh, he took me to court for it. And the judge was basically like, yo man, I want to say you're like, I think you're right, but you signed this contract. So I can't do anything. <laughs> like wow. that's what I imagined was going <laughs> through his head, yeah. uh, based off of his reaction. So that was, you know, that was a challenge. Lost a bunch of people going from like, we literally started at $50 a month. That was what he was charging people for CrossFit. Um, versus we're anywhere between 135 and 179 now, depending on my commitment level. Hmm. And then, yeah, so not separating business, Sean from friend, Sean, that was tough. You know, the first, the first few years, I just, I put everything else on the back burner to try and make this thing successful. And that was another challenge, uh, not taking time for myself. Um, I was coaching every single class. So I'd be up from basically 4:30, getting home around 8 PM. And then usually by the time I was done eating and getting everything done, I was lucky to be laying down by 10:30 or 11. And I was so stressed out because I had so much going on in my head that I wouldn't even fall asleep for a couple hours. So I was running on about three to five hours of sleep pops oh, for man. years. Yeah. And part of that was because I had this story that I had to do it by myself. So, yeah. you know, for anybody that's out there that's aspiring to be a business owner of some sort, uh, what I highly encourage you to do is to go seek a coach that can help you do what you're doing. That's already been through your shoes because the investment up front will save you a lot of time and heartache and mm. stress and sleepless nights and forgetting to eat and all the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> that might otherwise happen. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's very interesting. You brought up that last part too, because that was one of my big takeaways from our retreat in Colorado where I was unconsciously doing that and I had felt the mm. resistance for a while of like trying to do everything myself. And, you know, I was coming up with all these really good excuses why I needed to do it all myself. Well, I need to have the experience, you know, and I need to test myself, you know, and all these things that, you know, sounded and looked like they were all for the well and good of, you know, my being. But when I actually looked at it, I was like, yeah, but I'm not able to follow through the way that I want to. And so I'm like half-assing things that I want to put my full effort into. And so when I was 
was able to like take an objective look at my reality. I was able to see that. Mm -hmm. And um, one, I think it was blood. So, but I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it could have been you for all I know. I have no idea what someone at the the retreat said something that like just landed perfectly with me. And it's something that I had heard like probably countless times before, but it just hadn't been worded that way. I wasn't in the right mindset. I'm not exactly sure what, but it landed Mm -hmm. differently. And what they said was true leaders delegate. True leaders know how to delegate. They know how mm-hmm. to, you know, how to not spread themselves too thin. They also know what people in their network would be good at doing things that they, you know, can't do and which people would thrive doing those things. You know, someone really likes being the person who's the outreach person. You know, someone really likes being the person who's social media, let's say, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're actually able to help people in your circle or other people do what they love to do, what they're like put on this earth to do. Right. And then you're able to mm-hmm. actually do what you want to do, you know? And, uh, so since Colorado, I've been, I've been delegating a ton, you know, going zero to a hundred on that shit, <laughs> trying awesome. to delegate Ta- taking action. That's how you do it. Yes, man. Yes. And the other concept that I loved from Colorado was messy action. Right. And that's yep. something that I know as a business owner, you must know very well, you know, it's something that I know, um, <laughs> you know, throughout, <laughs> Throughout my years, like of doing different endeavors, you know, the guitar lessons and then, you know, coaching and cannabis stuff, you know, it's been something that I've toyed around with, but really like understanding like, yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect every time. You just need to do it, you know, um, because the more you mm-hmm. think about it, the more that you make it this big thing, the more daunting it's going to be, you know. And so for anyone listening, yep. like just do messy action, just do something right. And it can always be improved upon, you know, um, like, you know, it's funny when I was at, um, when I was at Lance's house, um, I had just interviewed Kristen uh, recently, like uh, two weeks before that or something before I left for the crazy journey. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, she was like, she took me aside and she was like, Ryan, I just listened to your first, like I listened to the whole way from the first episode all the way up until your present episode. She's like, you've gone through such a transformation. She's like, Mark used to tell me how <laughs> fast you talked. And and she's like, but I had no idea, you know? And it's so funny because I actually went even before that and looked at like my first post ever under Highly Optimized. And it was like a video I mm-hmm. made. And I could just see how like up regulated I was, you know, I'm talking so fast and I'm like panicking, you know? Yep. And it's just so funny yep. to go back and watch yourself, you know? And, uh, and I'm sure if you have like, content from back then like watching yourself it's like kind of adorable in a way it's like oh look at little sean or oh, look at little, little ryan <laughs> yeah I, I am nowhere yeah i am not the same person today so like to think back you know even just three years but especially when i first started the gym to where i'm at now whoo mm, big change yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, you know, and and so I also um, I I invite anyone listening who has like any amount of memories from their past to go back and look and realize how far you've come, because um, something that Sean and I have talked about a lot and that we've both done and lifted is celebrating wins. Right. And, you know, we don't as a society, we don't look back and look at the things we've accomplished, you know, um, like the other day I finished a coaching certification that was like a six month long thing and I passed the final exam and, um, and I just found myself like, okay, cool. Like what's next. And then my girlfriend, Rachel actually was like, Hey, let's celebrate that. Right. Let's roll a joint and celebrate. All right. And I was like, I can get behind yes. that, you know, <laughs> yes. I can get behind that, you know? So to Rachel, mad props as always, you got me. <laughs> and, you know, something, uh, you know, talking about mindset and talking about like mental fitness, if you will, right? Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not spoken nearly enough in the realm of fitness training, you know, the need for mental strength and mindset work. And having heard you speak about this subject before, I'm curious in your experience being a trainer, what approaches you've taken to ensure your clients are keeping a healthy mindset surrounding the training? You know, I mean, know that especially as men, we're very familiar with the no pain, no gain, um, all the language that goes around that and the subsequent injuries that happen. Um, so I'm curious, mm-hmm. like in your coaching, how you've kind of managed that. Yeah. So fairly early on, even before I was privy to this uh, language conversation as we know it now, I had always seen CrossFit as, as more than just a fitness aspect. So um, I very early on, I, I was very positive with my feedback. I made sure that I was giving, um, I was giving praise where it was due, and I celebrated all the things. So, oh, you couldn't squat all the way before. Now, I, now you can squat full depth. Like, absolutely, that's fucking amazing. Like, let's keep going, right? Like, it doesn't matter um, if you think it's it's a little win because somebody else, you know, did better on something else. Like, that's still an amazing win. So that's something that I know the strong coach really, uh, really teaches. And then uh, what we just learned within Lifted is like celebrate all the fucking wins. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how small it is. So early on, I, w- I was very very aware of, of how I was communicating with my uh, members. Uh, so that was a big part of it. The other thing that I really did and, and I am, I can appreciate me doing this and at the same time also understand it, like see it as one of the reasons why I was absolutely exhausted um, over time because I, I was really, I made it a priority to really connect with my members. Um, unless there was someone that it was just like, this is not going to happen and they don't really talk anyways. And there's like, look, leave me alone. Let me do my own thing. I'm here for the class. Just let it be. Um, I made it, I made it a point to really try to get to know everybody. Like I knew for the longest time, like all of my members and what they, like what their struggles were and, and what their pain points were, what they were good at. And so part of that was me, <clears throat> part of, part of that was me really giving them conversations and talking to them about the mindset stuff. So definitely in person. And then, you know, last, you know, the last six or so months, it came more down to what we learned and then lifted and doing some story work. Um, and then really having that conversation as well about how, you know, what they're thinking is affecting, you know, it's affecting their fitness and how they talk to themselves. And, you know, it's, it's playing into them getting injured and, and all sorts of other things. So, I made it a point, you know, we had Mark England come out and do goal setting with us and he obviously covers the language stuff. Mm. Um, I've done online virtual things with them and, um, yeah, so that's some of the things that I've done. Um, now I, I work more with people who already have some context, so I'm able to di- like just take them deeper. And even then, uh, it, you know, I'm still diving into it myself and having that conversation. So, um, nothing like no solid structure on it other than just bringing awareness to it you know, speaking in affirmations versus negations, you know, focusing on what you want versus what you don't want. And then uh, soft talk, right? So those we can, those we can have a, a conversation around. But other than that, yeah, keeping it pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's really cool. 
what you were talking about, about really connecting with each one of your clients and customers. And, you know, what I, what I felt there was your heart, right? Like, and, and how much mm. heart you have in general, but also how much heart you had for your clients and for your business. And, you know, on the subject of our hearts, um, saying yes to our hearts is no easy feat especially as men who are rarely taught how to feel what a yes from our hearts feels like. This being said, you you have definitely discovered what these types of yeses feel like in deciding to step away yep. from the gym, step more into coaching, um, you know, just say yes to the right things. What did the process of tuning back into your heart look like? And what stuck out to you about coaching in particular led you to take the leap into that realm? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> All the time you need, brother. <laughs> cool. Uh, th- th- this is this this is by far my favorite story because I'm I'm in the process right now, but on the other side, like I just recently got back in touch with myself. It was a very very fucking powerful and magical moment. Yeah. Um, but it started early on. I was in what we would call the wounded archetype. So, um because I was wounded, I was seeking to save others. So that's when I knew it first started was like, I was very attracted, especially when I started dating. Like I was the one, like I, I found myself around what I would have called at the time broken ones. And I'm like, Ooh, like I can help them. Like I can show up and be the love that they need. Um, and then after several highly unsuccessful uh, relationships where I was left feeling the same way and not being able to understand it. Um, you know, I found, found someone we started dating, like it really started to change for me. Um, it was like the first time that I actually told a girl that I loved her and, and like could truly feel it. And I know I meant it, which doesn't mean I didn't mean it to any of the other one, but like to actually be in tune with that. Um, and then I found training camp for the soul and a not Perry and Mike Bledsoe fucking cracked me wide open and it got very, very, very apparent um, that I've been, you know, for damn near all my life, I've been afraid to share and express my love because something happened when I was a child. Um, and it's, it's nothing traumatic. It's what we, we call like a small T trauma mm-hmm. or a developmental trauma where something happened and I went to express love and I was rejected. So my, um, my pattern, I, like I developed a pattern to, to cope with that. So um, that was going on pretty much my whole life. And then met this one girl who was, uh, the last girl that I dated and then found training camp for the soul. And, and like I said, and not Mike really helped me see, I, I had this story around not being understood and I didn't know it at the time, but what was really going on was I wasn't expressing myself and, you know, one, one physically or verbally and two, like really not opening up my heart. And so the reason why I felt I'm misunderstood was because I was rejecting the love that wanted to be expressed. So like I was very confused already in that. And when they helped me see, like, I just wanted to love people because I, I would be, uh, I would be told that I'm being judgmental or, you know, adding too much pressure to someone because I can be very, uh, very straightforward at times. Uh, an example being, um, a, an ex of mine had, uh, an autoimmune disease. And so, you know, diet's a huge thing for them. And, you know, at the age of 25, like she was suffering and she was a very healthy individual. And I did not do, I did not take that well. Um, 
especially with the way uh, Western modern Western medicine approaches is like, oh yeah, well you're just going to be on pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life. Like yeah. there's, there's not even a conversation around anything else. I'm like, okay. So, you know, research, we researched what we could on our own and we're like, yeah, we got to like lifestyle's got to change. Like you got to stop eating this. Like we got to start doing that in that process. Like I would give her a hard time if I found her eating candy. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, come yeah. on now. Like, you know, better than that. Like this is not going to help you at all. Yeah. And I later found out that she felt judged for that. Mm. And I was just coming from this place of love and I was expressing it the only way I knew how to. And so of course I was like, yeah, I felt misunderstood. And so when they helped me like really, really see that that was just my heart and I just loved that much. And like my, my delivering technique just needs to be fine tuned, like cool. Um, so they cracked me open there and then I, there were still layers for me to peel back and it actually didn't happen until she broke up with me. I hit rock bottom really, uh, really, really, really dark times. And then I came out on the other side and it was, it, I was a new person. And, uh, four months ago, uh, right after I started uh, training camp for the souls mastery program, I was on a support call with a knot and Chris and, uh, the mental chatter was fucking just going crazy. And I had all these stories. And as I was sharing them, uh, I let them know, I was like, look, like, you know, I'm frustrated because I share the story. I find this belief that I know that I imagine is what's going on. And I connect, like, I try to connect with it. And I imagine, you know, being told that I'm like, I just, I don't feel anything to it. And they're like, all right, well, you've been doing this long enough. Like, have you thought that maybe it's possible that there really is nothing wrong and you're just creating these stories because, you know, you don't think that it's okay to be okay. And I was like, oh, shit, that was a great, like, a great reframe. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, my heart started to, to pound. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what's going on. And um, they're like, you know, describe what's going on. And I really got in tune with it and, you know, sat with it for a couple minutes. So, like, you know, if you were to really tune in, what's it saying? And I was like, oh, shit. And, like, the message was clear. It was like, sell the gym, get out of Michigan. Mm. Like, like go be around friends out West. Mm. And like, that was the first time that I knew I was like, Oh shit, this is what it feels like to actually be in tune with my heart. And it went from like this pounding sensation to this like super warm, like radiance that was, it was just pulsating. And I was like, okay, like happy to meet you again, heart. Thank you for showing back up. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, so that's led me, you know, the last four months for me, I, I, there's a good chance I've experienced just as much growth as I have the previous two and a half years. Hmm. And, uh, it all culminated, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, at the training camp for the soul retreat. And I've really got in tune with, uh, this, this reality, um, that when my ex and I broke up, I hit that dark place that there was a big part of me, I would say almost most of me that really believed that my life wasn't worth living because the person that I was in love with didn't want to be with me anymore. Mm. And in that moment of, of recalling that I was able to see like how much love I've been giving myself and how much I've actually been showing up for myself during this whole time, even though at one point most of me thought otherwise. So 
um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, led me to today where like I have this full awareness and understanding around like what it means to follow your heart. And my experience has already been that when you come from that place, like your life literally changes and the way people react around you change the, the speed in which you're able to manifest the things that you want in your life accelerate. Like it is a crazy, crazy experience in the most awesome way possible. Um, and it's something that I've become very passionate about. And like, I, I'm at this place where I'm just like, I just want to beam love to everybody as, as silly as that might sound. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very powerful, uh, expression and it's a very powerful place to be. So, um, it's, yeah, it's been quite the journey to get here <laughs> and I'm grateful for every fucking step of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I I resonated with so much of what you said there. You know, um, after my father passed away a few years ago, you know, I closed off for sure and just piled on things to keep me busy, you know, training seven days a week, injuries, and then working through mm-hmm. injuries because I didn't want to, you know, stop working out because it was like the medicine, you know, and, and yep. you know, it was funny because same with work and everything like that. And, you know, the last, uh, really just a year, you know, since getting into Enlifted, um, I've really been able to, like, I would always vocalize to like, you know, Rachel or, you know, even some of my other friends, like I feel off, but I didn't know how to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put words to it in a way that seemed accurate. And, uh, mm-hmm. since doing Enlifted, it's really allowed me to open up in ways that I did not know were possible, you know? Um, and, and, uh, just being around all of you guys that have done training camp, uh, has helped me a mm-hmm. tremendous amount. You know, I mean, since saying yes to Mark's, uh, Virginia Lake house back in August, um, mm-hmm. I would say since that point, which is God, probably what, two months, two and a half months, something like that. Um, yeah two and a half months. Like I, I mm-hmm. share your belief of like, I've leveled up more in that two and a half months than I probably have in the last got three years, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've discovered more about myself. Um, and it's been really like a coming home, you know, for me and, uh, yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny because the first time I remember knowing what a yes felt like in my heart, was actually um back in 2017 um it was like the winter and uh i love going to festivals you know and we're gonna get talking about festivals here and music in just a moment but um because i know that's a subject near and dear to your heart you know so i'd be remiss <laughs> if i didn't talk about it but um you know i was i was sitting at work and uh you know dreaming about festival season and i had kept seeing this ad for oregon eclipse right it was this festival that was going to happen out in oregon there was an eclipse uh going to happen and it was like amazing all this stuff and there was no real details on it yet um none of my friends had wanted to go with me i had asked everyone that i would usually go you know my 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 festival buddies and they were like ah we're strapped for cash mm-hmm. we can't handle it we were already doing electric forest and a couple other festivals so um but something in me just told me like you got to go to this and i remember just hitting the buy button and being like for two passes and like i don't know who's gonna come but it's all good you know like and <laughs> and since then like i've always remembered that feeling and since uh, it was last December, um, I was feeling very lost in the career that I had thought that I would spend the rest of my life in, which was cannabis, you know, and and I always I always have loved plant medicines and still have a huge love for cannabis. But the industry just turned into a suit and tie industry, same as any other corporate you yep. know thing. So I was feeling very lost, you know, and feeling very um, just like, you know, kind of like the dark night of the soul, you know, like, what am I going to do from here? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
went to Vegas and like through a series of events just had like an awakening. And um, I remember during that time being so connected to my heart and my heart telling me like, you need to do these things, you know? And so I did those things and I was getting like a positive reinforcement. Like, okay, that feels good. And then, uh, mm-hmm. then I met Mark England, you know? And, uh, and he was like, listen, you know, you need to, you need to take a lift it. And I was like, okay. And I spent the last money I had at that point, um, you know, to start and lift it. And, and one other coaching certification. And so I start those. Um, and next thing I know, boom, quarantine hits, right? And now, like the problem I had had was like, oh, I, you know, I can do this, but I have no time for it, right? And now it's like, you have all the time in the world, you know? And so, uh, so since then, it's just been a big journey home into finding out what yes feels like in my heart, you know? And, mm. and, you know, there are definitely daily practices I go through that allow me to stay into my heart. And so to piggyback off the last question, um, you know, so many of us have been taught to lead with our brains and minds, like I think we've been talking about here, which can make it challenging mm-hmm. to stay connected with our hearts. And if we don't actively mm-hmm. work to stay heart centered, um, you know, we'll just fall back out of it. So what are some of the daily actions or routines you participate in to be able to stay connected to your heart? So yeah, there's some there's some very simple ones that I do. Uh, number one is uh, I take care of myself. Mm. Um, I I make sure that you know on on all levels that I am I am looking out for myself, my physical body, my mental body, my emotional body. Um, so you know I, I do my best to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do my best to get you know purposeful movement in, and sometimes that's just like stretching, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes you know that could be a full fledged workout. Uh, but that's part of the process is, you know, learning to listen to what your body wants and needs. And then um, I engage with some thought-provoking stuff uh, just to, you know, kind of get the wheels turning. And then, um, you know, the, the big thing is, <clears throat> the big things that I do now, you know, those those are all very helpful. And like some of the conscious things I do as well is, you know, when, when something, you know, there's an opportunity that comes up, like I check in with myself, like, is this something that I really want to do? And, um, I have that conversation before, you know, doing what I would normally do. And so, you know, if my friends want to go out and and hang out and go check out the lake and like, I'm feeling really tired and need some space, you know, where I would normally have said yes, you know, now I'm like, you know what, like, I'm just gonna hang back guys. Like, uh, you know, I I need some downtime. Hmm. Um, so I, I make sure I'm checking in that way. And then I also, um, I write my mantras down every day. So I make that a daily practice. Some days I repeat them out loud, which I highly recommend as well. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of, uh, I have a few mantras around, you know, I follow my heart. I live with my heart. Uh, I'm in, in alignment with my vision. Mm. So something like that, like if you have a vision, like it's got to be coming from the heart. So it, it just really helps me um, reconnect on that level. Uh, some days I'll pull cards like tarot or Oracle cards. Mm. Um, you know, just as a, just as a reminder, you know, I, I like reading the definitions of the cards and just it, typically it's a reminder for me to be like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like, okay. Yeah. Make sure you're journaling. Um, you know, making sure, make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you need a reset, take a reset. And so, uh, those decks can help with that. Um, and then the the last important thing is like I I allow myself to be and feel with whatever emotions are are present, um, even if it's like frustration or anger or something like that. 
Because what that is, it's, it's your little child that's speaking up, looking that that's needing attention. Um, you know, typically they're not going to be feeling safe at that point. So, like when you start to feel emotions, you can think of it as like your inner child being like, "Hey, man, like <laughs> I need your attention." And mm-hmm. so, when you can do that and and allow yourself to be instead of suppressing those things, what it does is it keeps you more clear, so that way you can be coming from your heart more often. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, I ended up sprouting off quite a quite a few things there. No, that's, um, that's yeah, journaling, <laughs> mantras, um, yeah, checking in with yourself. You know, making sure that you're saying yes because it's an actual yes and not a no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, checking in with the inner child. Right. It's just it's something that you can do on a daily basis, and there there is no stopping. You just learn to uh, to or you just learn to add it to whatever your your daily uh, doing it anyways. So, yeah, you know, I love that you brought up, uh, tarot and Oracle cards. Um, you know, that's been mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do. Uh, each morning I pull a card, uh, I do it from the Voyager deck and from the animal spirit deck, uh, mm. which is my new favorite. Yeah. Deck, man. That thing is so cool. And you know, yep. Brooks says it the best, right? He's like, listen, this isn't going to predict your future or anything like that. All right. He's like, but I never said it won't get weird. All right. <laughs> and, and that was like <laughs> the best description of tarot I had ever heard, you know, because people like, you know, yep. it's so funny what some people think tarot is. And really, it's just, you know, we all have the answers within us. But uh, yep. because of programming, because of our ego, because of whatever it is, right, they just get clouded over, right? Again, so many of us are mind dominant, mm-hmm. right? So for me, what tarot does is just allow my heart to come through in a way where I read it and I go, huh, what does this mean to me? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you know, and then I get connected. I'm like, oh, that could mean this. And okay, and like, you know, before I know it, I'm like on a riff, you know, and and uh, mm-hmm. usually that riff puts me in a really good spot. And then I'm ready to do breath work and meditate and do all the other things that keep me, um, you know, uh, uh, cultivating energy, not just expending it, you know, cause that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's something that, uh, I've definitely fallen into. And as coaches, you know, we, we have to be super careful of, you know, cause I want to go out and help everyone, yep. you know, like, and, uh, yeah, that can leave you feeling very, uh, depleted at the end of the day. <laughs> yep. So, you know, one of the uh, subjects that I know is near to dear, near and dear to both of our hearts is the subject of adventuring, right? And yeah. I know you've been saying yes to quite the amount of adventuring yourself this year, especially with Ben, you know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. like ultimate adventure man, you know, so uh, knowing you've been with him or were with him for a while, um, I know you guys probably wanted some epic uh, adventures. What role has... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see, I saw some of the pictures on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> what role has adventuring and having experiences played in your life? And what has been your most impactful adventure to date? Oof. Yeah. Adventures, man. That's major impact in my life. I would say at, at a base level, just as big of an impact as fitness. Yeah. Adventuring really how I see it now. Um, I, I've, I've had opportunities to travel throughout my life and there's typically like, there's usually a reason for going. And so it was very structured and organized. So the experiences weren't quite the same, just in the sense that um, what I get out of them now is, is adventuring has created so much space for new things to come in. Um, there's just something about, especially when we were doing our camping and driving from campsite to campsite and hitting up the different national parks. Uh, there's just something about being in that type of environment that it just really opens up your heart. And um, I, I was getting 
so many, I got so many more clear downloads during just the two and a half weeks when we were doing the car camping than I can ever remember, really. So that, that, that's been a huge part of it. And then just, I mean, travel is something that it's an experience. I mean, you get to see so many different things that you might not have ever known existed just by simply traveling to a new destination. And it, it, it does a really good job of bringing things back into perspective as well. So, you know, especially like, you know, when I got deployed to Afghanistan, like that was a huge eye opener for me to see how, like, this is how a certain group of people in, in the world live. Like this is their daily fucking lives. And, you know, like they're thriving in it for the most part, even though like technologically you wouldn't think so, but as a, even on an individual level, they seem to be much more content even. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been very, very freeing. And like I said, especially of late, especially with the camping and, and being in the mountains and stuff like that. So yeah, I love adventuring. And there are typically moments that, that you remember much, 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 much longer than, than some other memories as well. So yeah, love adventuring. Yeah, man. And, you know, on the subject of adventuring, right? Um, you know, one of the things we both love a lot is music, you know, and mm-hmm. for most fist pumping is just a activity they take place in when they're out at shows, right? But for you, it's a way of life. Yep. And, and yep. I would be so remiss if I did not bring up the epic, you know, authentic Sean Lazio fist pump, which for anyone listening, you hang out with Sean long <laughs> enough, you're going to be fist pumping too, right? So what does fist pumping represent to you? The origin of the move itself for me was it was a sign that I was really like I was really connected to myself and bringing the bringing the energy and you know that came through music, um, but like you said, like it, it's it doesn't have to just be music. Like it, it's you know I can recall um, a time just the other day where uh, Ben was on a phone call, I think uh, trying to sell someone into the mastermind, and like I just look on his face seeing that he just made the sale and it just instantly brought us both into the, into the fist pumping thing. It's just like, <laughs> fu- like we're, we're just fucking feeling it. We're connected and like, you know, it brings that energy. Um, and yeah, so that, you know, that's, that's how it started. And, you know, now it's an, now it's an entire experience, mm. you know, not just a dance move. So that was super cool to see. And I got, I got to have that reflected back to me, you know, in Colorado yeah. um, with Jared and he created an entire story around the experience that literally took you through the experience. So I got to see firsthand like what what I did or I was able to do for others. So that was really cool. And we also have a new name for it. So that so it's the Sean Lazio experience, but the move itself is called the Pulse. Nice. <laughs> so Hell it's, yeah. it's just like you're you're drawing that energy in. And as you drive your elbows back into the pump, like you're just blasting it out. So yeah, we call it the pulse. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm not sure if you got to see it. I'm not sure who took the video. But when we were at, I think it was Lance's house. It could have been the retreat also because um, they were just, they were like two days apart. But um, 
we all got together and did a Sean Lazio experience uh, pulse, you know, and uh, they yeah. were like, do it for Sean, you know, so I hope you got to see that, man, because it was, uh, you were there with <laughs> I us did, in spirit. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, and, you know, really what I what I felt when, when we all did that together was celebrating, you know, and, and we've mm-hmm. talked about celebrating wins, we've talked about celebrating just being alive, you know, celebrating one another, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what um, I experienced when I got to do the Sean Lazio experience pulse, you know, and and uh, so I, I really appreciate you, man. Like those kind of things are what I take back, you know, um, those moments, mm. you know, and and really just like realizing how simple it is to be happy in life uh, and how overcomplicated I have made it um, has mm-hmm. been just such an adventure to go down recently. Just like, you know, the times where I'm happiest are the times where I'm with you guys, like I'm with my great friends, I'm with people that support me, that that recognize how I show up, that are able to, you know, hold me accountable, but in a way of like with love. Um, and then just, mm-hmm. you know, share some experience together, you know, share some food together, share some good smoke together, you know, and just really enjoy one another's presence. And um, so the pulse yep. represents that for me, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah, man. Same. <laughs> I'm very uh, grateful to be able to share that with you, you know. Yeah. And uh, dude, Sean, I've had such a blast getting the opportunity to catch up with you and share your journey with the listeners. Where can I send people to find you and connect with you? Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram, and it's at Sean underscore Lazio, S-E-A-N underscore L-A-Z-I-O. That's, yeah, that's where I have most presence. Um, I'm active in the stories and, and like, engaging with people. haven't really been posting too much content as I've been giving myself space from that. And then you can also find me at basically any strong coach or training camp for the soul event that's going on because uh, I've come to quickly realize that any time that these group of individuals get together, like it's going to be some powerful and magical stuff. So that's where you can find me right now. (laughs) Nice, man. Yeah, and I agree, man. Like those groups. Wow. That's why I just say yes. Anytime they're like, hey, there's going to be a yes. Just just yes already. Just yep. <laughs> tell me the details. Give me the shit. Yep. You know, let me figure it out. But I'll, yeah, yes. <laughs> so, yep. Sean, my last question for you is if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Sean Lazio suggest that change be? Start showing yourself love and compassion. I love that. That is uh, perfect. And, you know, I think for, I know rather for the audience that is listening, um, a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs and people that are go-getters and are hitting the go, go, go mm-hmm. button, uh, love and compassion is what is most necessary. <laughs> and I know for speaking oh, yeah. to myself, you know, that's, uh, that's true as well. So yep. thank you, brother. <laughs> Guys. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I first met Sean, I could see how determined he was to make the world a better place. However, after getting to know him these past couple of months, it is now apparent to me just how dedicated he is to his mission and to ensuring the people he calls his friends and family are taken care of and supported. Sean is truly a living example of what it means to put in the work necessary to live life to its full potential, and I am grateful beyond words to have his presence in my life. Speaking of putting in the work, this show is a labor of love for me, and I would be so grateful if you could share it with anyone and everyone you call your friends and family. My goal with the show is to give people the tools and resources necessary to reach their goals, and by you sharing the show with your friends and family, you are helping me a ton in accomplishing that. 
Thank you to all that have shared your time with Sean and I today. And once again, Sean, thank you so much for stopping by today. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well. Much love over your way, man. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show and I'm wishing you the best day ever.